Chapter Two of Rejected of Men by Howard Pyle. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Two, Herod the Tetrarch. It is one of the paradoxes of divine operation that dishonest and unworthy men should so often be set in the positions of rulers of other men. Yet it is so. Integrity and honesty are not necessarily a passport to political preferment everybody knew herod's character his moral delinquencies were public to the gaze of all men the unsavoury property of the entire community the shame of his marriage with the divorced wife of his own brother stank in the nostrils of all the decent world he was a man seemingly without any principle or aim in life except to gratify himself yet for years he had occupied high public position and was supported not only by the small dominant class who found him useful but by the masses as well but though the rulers and those in authority had set herod up as their representative in power they were not fond of him so when john the baptist began to fulminate against him and his moral obliquities and when the public journals began to publish these fulminations for general reading herod's political friends rather enjoyed the situation they laughed at him and even jested with him about it they knew that he was powerless to punish the preacher for he did not dare to alienate the lower class that so largely helped to uphold him in power his political friends knew that he must submit to whatever attacks were made against him and they enjoyed his helplessness and his probable sufferings when he would drop into his club on his way home he would perhaps be hailed with an inquiry as to whether he had seen the evening paper and that there was lively reading in it another advised him to take the sheet home with him to his wife and that she would be interested to see what was being said of her a third opined the sauce would do instead of tabasco with her oysters at these jocularities herod would maybe laugh probably he did not much mind these attacks nor the pseudo-witticisms with which he was favoured for he did not care a great deal about public opinion one way or the other but it was not so with the woman whom he called his wife she writhed under the lash of the spoken words and the printed paragraphs with a feeling almost always as of physical nausea she was writhing now but silently over the evening paper which she had brought in from the library and which she was just then reading the butler came in and lit the lamp but she did not look up from her paper she was too intently absorbed with the pain she was inflicting upon herself to notice anything else her daughter salome sat at the window looking out into the dull twilight of the street she sat with one foot on a hassock her elbow upon her knee and her chin resting upon the palm of her hand she looked listless and bored as she sat staring out into the falling twilight the two women were singularly alike only that the dark heavy beauty of the mother was merely brunette in the daughter that the somewhat square face of the elder woman was oval in the younger that the rouge of the woman's face was the dusky red of nature in the girl's cheeks the words herodias was reading must have cut suddenly to a deeper nerve for she drew a sharp breath that was almost articulate 
her white teeth clicked together she made a sudden motion as though to crush the paper she held then she went on reading again the girl nodded and smiled recognition to someone passing along the grey twilight of the street then the smile slowly faded and the listless look settled back upon her face again there was a sound of footsteps crossing the hall and herod himself came into the room he was a rather stout thick-set man of about forty or forty-five he wore a long moustache the beard beneath being closely clipped and trimmed to a point the cut of the beard and hair gave his countenance an air of quality that was belied by his puffy mottled cheeks and the thick red sensual lips herodias looked up at him as he came within the circle of light did you see this she said hoarsely holding the paper out towards him she pointed to the column she had been reading and her fingers trembled with the intensity of her self-repression the paper rustled nervously as she held it out see what said herod oh that yes i saw that down at the club what do you read it for if you don't like it and do you mean to say you aren't going to do anything to this cursed baptist what are the laws good for anyhow herod grinned they're good for nothing when an election's only six months off the woman tried to speak she could not it's a damned shame she cried out at last still in the same hoarse voice salome turned her head oh mamma she said how awfully vulgar the mother glared at the daughter she looked as though she were about to speak but she only said oh, pshaw there was a minute or two of silence herod stood with his hands in his pockets was cory king here do you know he said at last herodias shook her head then herod turned away and walked across the room towards the library just as he was about to quit the room herodias spoke again did you get that box for the opera to-night he stopped at the door and turned yes i did he said did you leave the orders for the carriage yes i ordered for eight o'clock sharp and then he went out of the room End of chapter two